Might not be a coach busier than the one uh, we're about to speak to. Claude Julian, head coach of Team Canada at the Olympics. Claude, thanks for joining us. How are you? I'm doing well. Fine, thanks, guys. Good. Um, listen, uh, what, what is it day-to-day for you? Uh, like, thanks for, for making time for us, but uh, is, there, is there a sense right now that there's a, the, a race against the clock to get things going? Uh, what's the process been like for you the last little while? It's actually been pretty hectic, guys, to be honest with you. It's, uh, you know, we've gone through the selection program here, and uh, and that's been a tough one because, you know, you get near the end and there's so many players that, uh, you know, are probably all near the same level. And uh, so we're trying to finalize that. And then at the same time, you've got the preparation of it as well. So, you know, uh, every second day we've had Zoom calls uh, with the coaching staff and management. And on top of that, we've, uh, you know, obviously been watching a lot of video of players trying to make some decisions here on, uh, on the selection of our team. And how um, how has the challenge been of trying to assess players of varying ages, I guess, guys at different states in their careers and trying to judge maybe a junior player versus a guy who is a former NHL veteran? I imagine that's been difficult. Well, it is, and then that's just it. We, we spend so much time there watching, uh, like I said, video of everybody and then having some good discussions. And, uh, you know, our Zoom calls, there's times it's been lasted four or five hours just to yeah. chatting on the Zoom call about players and then what we thought and giving our opinions and all that stuff. So it, it's not easy, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I think we're, we're really comfortable with, the, you know, where we're heading in with the, heading at with our uh, final selection. So uh, hopefully uh, that's going to be done very, very soon here. Is, is is part of your job description the last little while been recruiter? I'm, I'm sure there's a long list of guys that are are, are just want to play so badly. They're begging you, but is there also uh, maybe some veterans who have been around the block a few times that might might need a, a little bit of a push to to join? Well, you're absolutely right, Nick. It has been. You know, there's there's been a lot of those guys reaching out to us. They'd love to get an opportunity, and uh, you know, some of them, as you know, you know, a guy like Eric Stahl went back and played for Iowa this past weekend. Uh, he'd been skating, and uh, you know, the good part about him is at least he skated late into last season, going to the finals with Montreal. But uh, you know, those are the kind of guys that are kind of reaching out to us as well, saying, "Listen, I'd love to have another shot." So you know, we've kept a close eye on these guys because at the end of the day, you know, it's not easy for somebody to just to, to come in at the last minute and just play a few games and then jump in with us. So we got to make sure that the, when we do make those those decisions that we feel comfortable that, the, you know, the player is ready to, to come in. So those are kind of the challenges. And as you mentioned, or you guys mentioned earlier, you know, you got some junior players that were at the, at the World Juniors at the, in Edmonton that looked really good. So we've been looking at those guys as well and trying to make a, a mix that uh, that blend of players that's going to create us uh, create the opportunity to have a really good hockey club here. So those are all, uh, I mean, ongoing discussions. And, uh, and you know, to be honest with you, it, you guys are right. We've, we've been plugging away at it really hard in the last little while here, probably harder than I have in, in the past uh, dealing with NHL teams. Yeah, well, it's an unbelievably unique set of circumstances, um, you know, and I'm sure you guys could write a book about it by the time you're all said and done with it. Um, has there been any additional challenges with 
you know, China and COVID and all those, all the, the things that make this Olympics unique that um, I guess are making it hard just to do your basic job? Well, that's what's actually complicated a lot of things is that we have to kind of abide by, by what's out there as well. And, uh, you know, with Omicron spreading everywhere, uh, you know, it, it was, wasn't, I guess, wise for us to, to finalize our roster and announce it too early because, you know, there's always guys getting Omicron, Omicron and at the same time, you know, there's still some guys playing. Uh, there's guys in Sweden, uh, the league is still ongoing there. Uh, Germany, Switzerland, uh, I know they sh- shut down the, the KHL. Uh, but, uh, you know, so that means that there's still uh, COVID uh, moving around and there's been some players that have been shut down because of that. So we've had to be, you know, I mean, it's, it's given us a lot of extra work and we've had to stay on top of the, the people that we're looking at for those kind of reasons. But, you know, to be honest with you, uh, Hockey Canada has done an unbelievable job of making sure that uh, we are going to be as safe as possible, starting with the, the time that we get to Switzerland uh, next week. Players are going to show up on the 25th uh, in Switzerland. So the biggest, I guess, challenge will be getting those guys from wherever they're coming to there uh, and keeping them safe because once we're there, I think we've done a really good job of, you know, creating a bubble over there that should keep us pretty safe. I think jumping on the charter from uh, Switzerland to Beijing will be it will be great because once we get to Beijing, everybody's getting tested. I, I, I have a feeling that we'll be pretty safe inside the village once we're in there. Uh, but uh, the biggest uh, challenge, as I mentioned, is, is trying to get the players to Switzerland uh, as safely as possible. Claude, you've been one of the most successful uh, NHL coaches in history, uh, 667 wins, and you have a distinct style of coaching, and it hasn't really uh, swayed uh, from, from Boston to Montreal. Do you carry that into this team regardless of the personnel, or do you really have to get this group together on the ice for a week to truly understand uh, how to coach this, this team? Well, we, like I said, I think we've picked the, the best players uh, that we uh, we picked the players that's going to make us the best hockey team possible. And uh, you know, I've been in those short short term tournaments. You know, with the you know, Mike Babcock at 2014 Olympic. Uh, you know, I did the World Juniors as well a few times and all that stuff. So I've been through these kind of tournaments before. So you know, I have a you know a pretty good idea what to expect and what we need to do. But the one thing you want to do is is you don't want to change your style as Canadians. You want to play the, as they call it the Canadian way. We're going to be aggressive. You know, we're going to try and and play fast. And fast doesn't mean you have to have you know a bunch of quick skaters. It just means that that puck's got to move fast. We got to have a good transition game. Uh, we got to be aggressive on the forecheck. We're fortunate that going to Beijing, we're playing on an NHL size rink, so it should be very comfortable for our guys, and uh, we're going to continue to do that. You know, it's a general question, and I know that uh, a tough one for coaches to assess at the outset, but, like, how, how does a Canada team that's minus all of its NHL players stack up against teams that, you know, I, maybe this works in, in favor of some countries who might not have otherwise had a shot? Well, you know, I, I guess we're going to get the opportunity to see that, but the, the one thing uh, that I, I enjoyed uh, doing was the Channel One Cup in uh, Moscow uh, about a month ago. Uh, we were there with just the Canadian players that played mostly in the KHL. There was a few, I think, from Germany and then a couple of from Sweden, but mostly our guys were from uh, the KHL. And we played against a Russian team that was, 
should be pretty close to what the, they're going to be over there. And, and you know, we, it was our first team and uh, had two practices. We battled them to a 4-3 uh, uh, loss there. But uh, I thought we did well. I thought we got better as the game went on. So I'm excited to see with, you know, uh, adding some more players from different places, as we mentioned earlier. Uh, I think we'll be really competitive. You know, we're definitely going there to win gold medal. We we feel like we have the uh, the ability to win gold medal. Now it's up to us to go out there and do it. Claude, it sounds like uh, you got the energy of a 30-year-old. Um, I, I assume that uh, more than ever, uh, you love coaching, you want to continue to coach and eventually get back in the National Hockey League. I mean, all of this is to show everybody that uh, – uh, you still a lot of, you got a lot of coaching game in you. Well, let's put it this way, guys. Uh, I think the best thing uh, for me was actually getting this break. I mean, uh, I started coaching back in '93. In you know, when we're talking about junior hockey and worked my way up. And I know there's been some lockouts and everything else, but I had never, never uh, missed out or not worked for any hockey team since that day. And uh, this year was a first year where I had, uh, I guess, no pressure, uh, no anxiety, uh, nothing going on except uh, <laughs> watching my kids play yes. minor hockey. And, uh, you know, it did me a lot of good. And that's why, like you mentioned, I, you know, I'm very uh, re-energized right now. But uh, I am going to the Olympics to represent Canada and to win a gold medal. I'm, I'm not going there to uh, prove myself and say, you know what, uh, uh, I'd like a job in the NHL. Uh, my whole life has been about, you know, doing my job, doing it right, and hoping that uh, things fall into place. So, you know, m- my number one goal is definitely uh, bringing back the gold medal for our country and then for our fans and, uh, and the players. And then uh, whatever happens after that, uh, it doesn't really matter. So uh, if I am uh, called upon, uh, no doubt I'll certainly consider it. But uh, right now it's, uh, it's about the task at hand. No question you don't have anything to prove, but it doesn't hurt when you see Boost Brudro uh, step into Vancouver. And if any teams are looking for an experienced guy, uh, look no further than me, right? I mean, uh, he's not, he he, he did a lot of guys a few favors, I think, Bruce Brudro to see his success. Yeah, the only person he didn't do a favor to is me. He left me (laughs) high and dry there before (laughs) going to Moscow uh, at the Channel 1 tournament, and he took the other assistant coach with him. So, uh, no, I was really, really happy with him because, you know, he actually reached out to me and said, I've got a meeting. Uh, I got to go because we were having meetings preparing for that. So I'm really happy for him. Uh, He's a great guy. He's a good coach. And not only that, he's having success. So, you know, it's a tough uh, gig we're in, as you know. Uh, so anytime somebody has success like that, you got to be happy for them. Claude, one more for you. As we speak, uh, I think Kent Hughes is being introduced to the Montreal Canadian uh, media and the fans. Uh, nobody knows that market uh, better than you. Uh, if you looked at Kent Hughes right now, I mean, uh, are, are there things that stand out in terms of some of the challenges in that market that necessarily wouldn't get from anywhere else? Um, you know, well, I think, you know, when you, you look at Toronto, uh, you look at places like that, you know, pa- fans are passionate and there's nothing wrong with that because fans are passionate. There's a lot of opinions. Uh, there's a lot of things being said and all that stuff, but you know what? There's no better places than those kind of places when you're winning. And uh, Montreal is one of those where fans are passionate. They love their team. Probably the bigger challenge is that you're dealing in, you know, 
basically half and half in, in both languages, right? So 50% English, 50% French. So you're dealing with a little bit more maybe that way. But it's a, it's a lot a lot of the same as what you're seeing in Toronto, Vancouver, places like that where uh, in the Canadian cities where fans are really passionate. But, uh, you know, I think... Uh, uh, they'll do a great job. I, I like the, the duo that's there uh, right now. That uh, I think they're going to do a great job in trying to straighten that team out a little bit. But at the same time, I, can't, I just can't believe how snake-bitten uh, that team has been since uh, day one this year. From injuries or guys not coming back, you know, they haven't seen uh, Carey Price yet, Edmondson as well, and, you know, uh, Shea Weber obviously missing, and uh, they lost Corey Perry, and then, uh, COVID seems to hit and injuries seems to hit. And every time you think they turn it around with the guys coming back, something else happens. So, uh, you know, uh, feeling for the coaching staff there, no doubt. They're going through some uh, some tough times there. But, uh, again, I think those uh, two guys, uh, Kent Hughes, uh, is going to do a, a good job. I think it's, it's probably a, a good, uh, I guess, a good type of person to have there right now. He's bilingual, and as you know, that plays a big role in Montreal. So looking forward to seeing uh, how things are going to develop there. Well, we really appreciate your time, Claude. Uh, good luck uh, to to Team Canada chasing the gold, uh, and, and please uh, stay safe, okay? Thank you very much, guys, and I appreciate you guys having me. Claude Julian, head coach of Team Canada at the Olympics. Kipper, I'm fired up. For the Olympics? Yes. Let's go. You are. He's yeah. going to win a gold medal. That's what he said. Now I am too, emotionally yeah. speaking. I got to be honest with you. Uh, the last Olympics without NHLers didn't really grab me, but uh, I think under the circumstances, I don't know, for, for whatever reason, I probably will pay a lot more attention to this one. I, yeah, I got to be honest. I barely remember the last ones. I don't remember why specifically I gave so little of a damn, but I I barely remember it. So but I, I'm going to try to be more attentive. Here we go again. Sammy, go again. Oh, this. This, Olymp- <laughs> this Olympic ain't doing it for you again? No. Oh, it's doing it for me. I I can't wait. I I think this one is going to have a little bit more cachet because of the potential for the junior guys. I think if Owen Power goes which by all indications seems like he's going he to be going. going. Yes. He's going. So that, he said that, that adds, ago. I mean, the number one overall, the number one overall pick in the NHL draft from last year who played at the World Juniors in those two two games he played, he was unbelievable. He's already sort of built up enough uh, popularity amongst Canada, add a little cachet, potentially a McTavish. I don't know what junior guys are going to be going, but having Owen Power there in general makes it really special. Eric Stahl is with uh, the Iowa, with the Minnesota Wild AHL team right now, getting tuned up, ready to go. That's a good I name. That. I, I really, really, really am excited for this. And from a content perspective, boys, we get our cake and eat it too here. <laughs> yeah. Because, listen, we were all excited for best on best. NHL is going to the Olympics. But there was going to be a lot of talk about one game every so a couple days, talking about Canada. Now we get to watch Canada, plus the Leafs are going to be playing the whole time as well. It's a win-win situation. I'm all in on this. Go Canada, go. Claude Julien is going to have the boys fired up. There's no doubt in my mind we're winning gold. After listening to that interview, I am all in. Oh, I, I love it, Sammy. I love it. JB, I, Sam's, Sam's right. We may have so much content, we may not get Sammy in the show in February. <laughs> yeah, that would make people happy. <laughs> Our content cup overfloweth. You know what I thought of while you were uh, asking him the question about Boudreaux is, wasn't it 
Julian's job in Vancouver? Isn't that the rumor that this guy was close to, to having that at some point? He was he he sure sounded very optimistic and positive and supportive of Bruce Boudreau for a guy who sounds like yeah. almost worked there. I heard a, a couple of different things as well. And I heard that Dale Talon was very close to, to going what? in. To be the general manager. Day? Yes, oh, before Rutherford. God. And uh and then uh, there was just a change of plans, a thought process that steered them away from Dale Talon and put him to Jimmy Rutherford. Mm-hmm. Wow. Hmm. Yeah, so either way, I was impressed that he was like, right on, good for Bruce. I'd have been like, screw that guy. I want a bet. <laughs> Maybe I'm just more petty. Um, yeah, I, we talk- I, oh. I don't know how it's going to come off. Uh, as well, because we are talking about an empty building again, right? All over again. I think. I actually in the Olympics. Know. I think so. Is that? Is that? Uh, yeah. You know what? I didn't is, even think of that. Is that? Uh, you know? Is that? Oh, that's not right. Oh no, I, I I don't know for sure if it's definitive or they're still contemplating. Maybe it uh, has by to then. be. Now that you mentioned it, it has to be no, an empty building. I, I didn't even right, think of yeah, it. Yeah, as far as I know, as as of now, uh, the plan was uh, no fans at the Olympics, um, but maybe in, in the last week, I don't know whether numbers are going down or not sufficient enough, or they're comfortable, or if there's a selective amount of people in buildings, but. It's going to suck if there's nobody in the building during these games. Just rooting for Eric Stahl at a hollow Chinese arena. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be there, boys. I'll be there. (laughs) Sam McKee, the sole fan. Yeah. Hey, with your painted uh, face, Sammy, red and white, it'll be enough. It'll be enough I mean, I've said it a million times, but, like, my bucket list events are to go to a big international tournament. Like, go to the World Championship I love, the one that they played during the playoffs. Go to the Spangler Cup. Go to one of these ones. Over, or go to a World Juniors in Sweden or Russia or something. I've always dreamt of doing that. It's one of my bucket list events. So going to see an Olympic Games would be incredible. I wasn't – I don't know. Kipper, were you in Vancouver? I was in Vancouver. You would have known that if you read my book. I haven't read your book yet. I haven't been sent my copy Sam yet. Sam doesn't read. I do read. <laughs> there's, I do there's read. There's color pictures, Sam. I, I used to read. You know what I used to read all the time? I was on the subway when I'd come to work. So yeah. back when we were allowed wow. to go to the office, I would yeah. read on the way to this work every day. On the way to and from work, I'd read because it's a solid 20 minutes of non-interrupted time where you're just reading. Now, and I also left, to be clear, would I, you I, like to go into the office? We're at, we're at an option, Sam, or no? I would uh, very much enjoy that. Yes. <laughs> okay. Soon so enough. Get that on record, yeah. yeah. Soon yep. enough. All right, uh, news and notes, guys. Where do you want to start? Uh, we start shootout the conversation? Should schedule? We start the schedule for the, the Leafs? I mean, they got a lot of games coming up. And yeah, we knew schedule. that. Yeah, but listen, they play in February. They play a stretch here. from They play the 17th, 19th, 21st, 22nd, 24th, 26th, 28th. If I'm a player, I'm like, I'm sorry, we had that time off, and now what are we doing? That is a like, lot of hockey, fellas. So 12, 12 games in what, exactly 28 days? 
12 games in, yeah, in, yeah, looks like 28 days. The original plan was to play on the 1st and the 24th of the month of February, sort of resuming a full schedule that three weeks later or whatever that is, 22 days later. And now they have wedged in, you know, a dozen hockey games. So it, it is going to be a significantly busy time for these guys and not really slowing down, I guess, for the rest of the year. So do we see four or five starts for Peter Morazic in February? Oh, you think that high, huh? Uh, listen, almost four million bucks a year. I got to get some money out of this thing. <laughs> no, I, I know. My money's I know. Worth. Yeah. Yeah, you got to get your money's worth. And if you look so, at the games they added, guys, it's a, it's a little bit softer. Like, you know, they've mm-hmm. got. That's what I was going to say. Vancouver, Seattle, Montreal, Columbus, Detroit, they're all in there. You know, New Jersey, there there's some games in there that yeah. if you're playing Mrazic based on competition, you certainly see opportunities to get him some hockey games. There is a tendency year after year to, for teams to fake uh, uh, create this fake facade that uh, we're really getting better because really crappy teams – have a, a wonderful way of starting to win games down the stretch when nothing means anything. Yeah. Yeah. So you're worried about this, these teams. Well, I'm uh, not, I'm not worried, but you can't yeah. necessarily just kind of, you know, brush off these, these lesser games. Well, you know, what's even more interesting about this is this. So they've added all these games and, the trade deadline is after this. Like, this really expanded an evaluation window where you're going to say, okay, Sandine, Lilligren, Dermott, these guys are going to now play an additional dozen hockey games before Mm -hmm. the deadline. You know, it also, I I wonder, does it place some more urgency then to have something done prior to this month where you thought Mm -hmm. you had a three-week break and all of a sudden, you you know, these games are going to count and they're coming up. If you feel like you need someone, do you make a move sooner now? Well... At least, I don't think we're going to see anything for uh, at least another uh, week and a half, maybe two weeks. The tendency now uh, in, in the next week is for teams to have their uh, their meetings with their scouts and their uh, their management personnel. They, out, they usually take off in Florida, but I'm not sure what COVID would do. But this is when you get your professional and amateur scouts all together and you go over everything in the next three or four days. That's going around the league. So I, I don't think anything really comes about it until after they've had these meetings. And then you could start focusing on everything from trading, free agency, college, European, uh, you know, draft, all of that comes into play. But that that probably, you need probably another week, two weeks to, to really decipher uh, what you have and what you want. Yeah, obviously a lot of the, the results so, here coming up are going to have a lot of big hand in it. What's up, Sammy? I, I was just going to say about the Mrazic conversation, there, I found five starts. Okay. You did? Yeah. Okay. New Jersey on the 1st, Seattle on the 14th, uh, either one of Montreal or Columbus on the back-to-back, and then um, you go uh, with against on, the, on Detroit on the 26th. So there you go. Well, that's four. Is that four? How many did I say? That's four. So four starts. Yeah. No, that that does got, seem like uh, the the lightly output. I, I got Mrazic starting one of Calgary or Vancouver on the tenth or the twelfth. Yeah. Well, I, I guess you got to figure it out, guys. You got to figure out if the guy can play or not. So you know, and, and it's, it's good it's, to no, get no, those no, before no. the deadline. It, yeah, it, it's it's 
it's past, I think, yeah, it's just past that. It's just, it's, you're going to have to figure out a way to get rid of him in the off season. That's for sure. Uh, there's just not before the deadline. I no, not before the deadline. I, I, Oilers won. Uh, this, this is all about getting Jack Campbell signed. Losing yeah. Mrazek is about getting Jack Campbell signed. So uh, that doesn't kick in until the off season. And that's when uh, at the very latest, you, you got to get rid of him. He's yep. done. I can He's see gone. it. It's happening. just a matter of who wants him in the summer. Yep. So Sammy, do you want to bullet point us through our many talking points throughout the end of the show? Yeah, sure. I, you guys, we've—I don't know if we've ever had this conversation uh, on the show, but it was brought to my eyes last night watching the uh, Philadelphia Flyers and uh, New York Islanders, which is actually a pretty good hockey game. Good overtime, three on three. These Painful days shootout, kind of coached out. That's what I'm. Painful. Saying. Painful. Painful. And I think there was what 18 shooters. The, the 18th shooter scored the goal to to win it. No one else scored. Is it like, 17 NHLers went up against a goal and they didn't score a goal. And it just, I don't know if it comes down to these guys overthinking these these moves or what it is, but they sort of, they're meandering down, they're crisscrossing across the zone, they're doing all these weird things. I don't know. I'm getting to the point here where, like, I am a kind of a shootout defender. I really am, but boy, it's getting harder and harder to defend this thing. I, the three on three for ten minutes than a tie has never seemed more more palatable to me after watching what I watched last night. My, uh, I just, my go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'll, I was just going to go. say. All right, you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I just think it's about time. You know, we revisit why we brought these things into play in the first place, mm-hmm. and. It was, we were going through a lockout in 2004. There was a sense that the games were boring. We just needed to up the ante on entertainment. And I just don't feel that the need's there anymore in 2021. I think we can get away with selling 60 or 65 minutes in an overtime. And I'll argue that I... I don't like three-on-three three anymore because it's so unlike the product that we just sold for 60 minutes. Mm-hmm. It's like it's it's just such a it's such a, a, a different product that you want to value a point in five friggin' minutes when guys busted their ass for two and a half hours fighting over 1.2. It's like mm-hmm. it just – I think it but just then- needs a revisit, all of it. Yeah. But then it gets even worse when it turns into a shootout, uh, to a breakaway competition. Then the point becomes even less valid to me. I, I, I don't know. I my my two cents, Sam. There is that like for the actual shootout. My problem with the whole thing is it's slow. It's a slow product, and it's breakaways. It should be amazing. So you know what I think? When one guy gets on the ice to take a shootout, the next guy should hop over the boards and be ready to go, and the next one's done. Like, it's it's got to be a minute between shots. Like, let's just get the thing moving here. But to Kipper, to your point, you know, that's just if we're going to have the shootout. It all comes down to the point system is that we don't value the regular or the regulation time enough. And we need to be going to the three point system where you get an extra point if you win in regulation and incentivize teams to play for a win. Incentivize teams at at all strengths. The three point system allows them to push in in overtime as well. So 
the shootout for me is fun. I like to watch it, but you can't have it be worth as many points as you're right. 60 minutes of hockey. So it's just hockey in general, the way the point system work out, just and, misincentivized. And these guys are, they're all trying to reinvent the wheel. They all think they're Patty Kane. Like, just come down here, either go full speed, low blocker, snapper, or cut it to the back end. <laughs> all these guys think, like, Thanks, Matt Bar- <laughs> Matt Matt Barzell comes in to the hash marks, basically stops, and he's like doing 600 dangles. The puck rolls off his stick into the corner, and he's done. Just come down with a little pace, shoot. Do the old Mike Richards or the Redeem Verbata backhand top cheese. It's just it's, these moves. The, Anyways, it just they're feels out of like ideas. it's overcoached. They're just out of ideas. And, and the three-on-three is uh, uh, coached. Now, when I start seeing guys purposely – leave an offensive zone and take it all the way back oh, and loop and it's like oh Joe Rob did that three God. times last night you oh i hate it shot clock thing which is you know people laugh at, but like there there is something to the idea that like you need to play to win the game here you need to push a little bit what was the shot clock idea again borny it was like take once you the had possession, possession. Yeah, you, you thirty seconds to take it and take an attempt or whatever the the time would be, or yeah, ha- have to hand the puck over. Uh, you know, I don't know about that. Here's what I do know: at the end of Not a basketball. period, don't turn that the, game into basketball. I know. At the end of a period, guys, uh, when when power plays happen at the end of a period, there is more goals scored on those power plays than any other throughout the hockey game because there is a final endpoint that comes in the middle of it. And it forces you to get a shot off. You, you're you're pressed to get an attempt before the buzzer goes, and then you're pressed again as the power play runs out. When you're forced to try to score, you score more. So these coaches mm. who think they're geniuses by taking the puck out in three-on-three are failing themselves by not encouraging their guys to force and press and try to score goals. Gee, what a wonderful concept in the game Thanks. of hockey. Four-check. Yeah. Yeah, go get the puck. Try to get it to the net. Yeah. Shoot it in. I I, <laughs> I I really believe that they need to to revisit this. It's okay. I just we, can't we're, see it we've got entertaining guys now. Uh, they're they're really good at sixty uh, minute hockey. Okay. Why why are why are we saying well the product isn't quite as good as we'd like so we want to throw this this cherry on top for you because that's yeah. all it was back then. It was just added value. We don't think you're quite getting your money's worth over 60 minutes, so we're going to tack on three on three and five, and then we're going to keep tacking on and tacking on. It's like, no, no, our game's good enough. 60 minutes, and if it's tied, we'll give you five more minutes. I'm not thrilled with the three on three, but uh, the shootout, to me, enough already. Yeah. Um, All right. I'm on board with that. What about this one? Is... Zdeno Chara is still the toughest guy in the league because guys still ask, seem... Ask McEwen. Yeah. Why <laughs> do guys still try it? I do, it blows my mind. Like, last night, McEwen steps to him and just gets the wheels beaten off him by the oldest guy in the NHL. Like, just fathered him, sat him down to the ice over and over. It just blew my mind. Why do guys still step to him? Uh, well, uh, first of all, uh, Zach's done a pretty good job over the last... A little while for the Flyers, and he's for sure. a popular guy, and he's Tough found guy. a real home there. And uh, he just felt it was the need to do it. Uh, you know what, though, whether he's forty-four or thirty-four, he's still as, as tough as nails. Like, yeah, he, that that part hasn't slowed down. 
the ability to 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 clock a guy for Zidane Chara. I I don't necessarily think it was a great move on on Zach's part to do it, but this is what has made him get to this point of success in the National Hockey League. So I'm not overly surprised he challenged him. Yeah, well, I, I don't know how much of a choice Chara was giving him, but yeah, to accept it is one thing. But I also think, guys, like there's a real lifelong badge of honor to having fought Zidane Chara. You know, it is like hockey's version of Just having been Brian to McCabe. war. <laughs> yeah, but it is. It's like, you know, it's like returning a, a war veteran. It's like, ah, yeah, well, I, you know, I got my leg blown off, but I was at war. It's a badge of honor that I went and did this for my country or for my team. You know, this is what you do. I fought for Chara. You live on that. I think, JB, the bigger story is the willingness of Chara to want to do it at his age. Mm-hmm. I, I guess it's he's at the point kipper where it's a trying to stay relevant and not that he's not you know, we all know what he's done but it's he needs a reason to stay in the lineup he is not playing great hockey this season so it, it's part of what the team is keeping him around to do is having that nuclear option and now when a team's looking at you know Chara or McEwen you know both those guys you say well you know McEwen he was willing to fight Chara so we know we got a gamer when we trade for this guy and for Chara you know he's still willing to do it he gets to stay in the league and I'll 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 just say this when it comes to like members of the New York Islanders is if you're 24 or 25 and and you're seeing Chara do that the first thing it does is throw a reflection upon yourself to ask the question, okay, where am I in terms of uh, commitment? And yeah, am I giving not what enough your team to can the do team? for you, but what you can like, do for your team? The first thing it, it, I think it automatically does as a teammate is go, okay, if he's that old doing that, am I doing enough to mm-hmm. show that I'm, I'm all in on trying to win? It's yeah. it's a self-reflection right in front of your eyes while he's throwing punches. And yeah. I don't think that necessarily is a bad thing for teams to go, oh, my God, if he's willing to do that to win now, what am I doing? No kidding. And, hey, while we're on Chara, do you want to see him uh, at the Hardest Shot contest in the All-Star game? Kipper, you have any interest in that, Sammy? Yes. I, Big time. I, I, I'm not done with this guy yet. I don't know. I mean, he's done it. Like, uh, uh, even if he hit, like, we know he's one of the best in history at it. I know. I don't know. It is a point where he's like, yeah, he goes and shoots at 104, and we all go, ooh. Hey, hey, some of you you young bucks, step up. Like, where's your 107, 108? Is that what he he was at last, or was it higher? Yeah, I I think it was 108. They got to get I.F. Brady back out there with the the, the wood stick and the scullet. Yeah, you know what, though, guys? Uh, the reason I bring that up is because the NHL is doing that this year where you don't have to make the all-star game to get to be in the skills contest. Like, Zegris can be in the breakaway contest. I, that, I think that would make a few people happy. Makes me yeah. happy. Right? It's the way it should just, be. It's like the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. if they it's just could change stuff. it. If they just could change, take out the word all-stars and throw in showcase, you know, give it a little Bob Barker showcase showdown. <laughs> but this, this is like all-star in this weekend should not be tied together any longer. The only time you use all-star is when you announce first and second team 
players at the end of the year. Those are the true all-stars. So who Sammy? do you want? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Sammy. I think that's fair. I think that's very that's fair. That's fair, isn't it? Well, not to, you know, all, all NHL teams would be interesting. That's what I would like to see at the end of the year, having your first team and second team all NHL, similar to what they do, I guess, again, I don't want to compare hockey too much to the NBA, but to the NBA they do that. They do the first, second, and third team all NBA. Yeah. Be interesting to see them do that for the NHL and then just have this be more of a showcase, like you said. Toronto also, Maple Leafs. Oh, go ahead, Kipper. I was just going to tee up tonight's game, but you got one yes. final thought? No, 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 no. Go ahead. Let's tee up the game. All right. Toronto, New York, no Hall, no Muzzin, no chance. What do you guys see tonight? Well, I'm uh, I'm a big big believer here that uh, that the Leafs are going to learn a lot about their decor tonight, and I do think they're in some trouble. I think the Rangers are uh, are going to score a few goals tonight, so I, I'm going to go against our, our our Maple Leafs and say that they take an L tonight. Uh, well, everybody talks about their OT. big uh, Toronto's big four, but uh, Panarin, Zabanajad, Fox, and Chris Kreider. You know, Chris Kreider for me has turned into one of the better power forwards in front of the net that's what i want to watch is the toronto blue line battle chris Kreider in front of the net that's that's the one thing i'll be watching tonight sam love that i think the rangers get a win tonight boys in overtime it's not like sammy to say it too you know and jack campbell wasn't happy about his saturday night despite the win was not happy we'll we'll see his bounce back off of uh saturday night against st louis all right Thanks, guys. Terrific show. JB, Sam, Derek. Thanks, boys. Holding the fort for us. Our thanks to Claude Julian, Mike Richter, and Gord Stelectricity. Stelic. Enjoy the hockey game tonight. We'll be back here to give you all our thoughts on the big matchup tonight at Madison Square Garden. For Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, thanks for uh, listening. And we're right back tomorrow on Real Kipper and Bourne.